subscriptions are going through the roof. So, let's talk about the World War III news. This one's going to be very important. Anyways, what we have here is Iran launching a satellite in outer space. And actually, they showed their full launch, for those that believe in it. Here's their shot when they actually made it up there. They're going to show different angles. This one has went further than any other other satellites, so I guess this is a big accomplishment. Wow. We have Putin's right-hand army also making a video, getting ready for their offensive against Ukraine. As Russia has been making advancements, and these guys are ready to go in. So, yeah, watch this. Now we got another situation between the United States and Russia, as Putin had visited this area, Chikoka, which is said to be Russia's most eastern city. So he was visiting this to kind of send a message to Alaska. He also signed a decree saying that the sale of Alaska was illegal. If you didn't know, Russia sold Alaska to the United States in 1867, and ever since, they always thought of it as a dumb deal. And they've always made comments about getting it back, and it looks like they might be getting serious about it. Here is the decree, and then here it is in English if you want to also read it. We also got a message to the British people, and you know what? This could be a message to the world too, as once again, they're warning of... This is a time to be getting ready for war, and this is a dangerous time in the world and all this. So anyways, check this out. In 2024, Britain stands at a turning point in our history. You're seeing the proof every day. The world's become acutely dangerous. Around us, our enemies are preparing. And we are just seeing the start of the tragic consequences. From Ukraine to the Middle East, the South China Sea to North Korea, South America to Africa, and new theaters from cyber to space warfare. All of which could have a disastrous impact at home. How we respond will define our future. And the choice is clear. The era of the peace dividend is over. And now, just like our enemies, we must plan and invest for an era of confrontation. Because the very best way to prevent war is to be prepared. And in the face of these many threats, too often people count Britain out. Well, they are wrong. Britain can change the course of history. We can lead the world in fighting for freedom, and when needed, we can still fight and win. But to do so in this more dangerous world, we must take a lead in NATO, back Ukraine until the very end. Better support our personnel, upgrade our nuclear deterrent, rapidly modernize our forces. In doing so, we will deter our enemies, lead our allies, and defend our nation from a far more dangerous world. Yeah, like I said, a very strong message. Anyway, let's get on with the news. North Korea and Russia beef up their ties as their foreign minister went over to meet with Vladimir Putin. And Vladimir Putin is also going to be coming to meet with Kim Jong-un soon in North Korea. We have Saudi Arabia that just started hitting Yemen with artillery. As the United States is talking about running an extended campaign against the Houthis. Yep, we're getting ready to go to war in Yemen. This should be interesting. They're saying Iran and the Hezbollah are actually directing some of these attacks. So we're probably about to go to war with them too. We have a U.S. base in Iraq that was targeted with dozens of missiles. 
We have Belarus threatening Poland with nuclear weapons again because now they got Russia's nuclear weapons. The Baltic states are building defense fortifications on the border with Russia just in case Russia comes in to invade. Remember I said if NATO goes to war, it will be this year because next year Trump is leaving NATO. So that means this is the last year that Europe will actually have the United States help. So this is probably why they're pushing for war. We have Iran threatening to hit back at Israel after four of their military advisors were killed and one of their officials were killed. The Hezbollah also lost two members in a strike as well. We also had over 75 killed in attacks in Yemen, including Hezbollah and Iranian advisors. And we have Ukraine calling for Russia to get rid of all their nuclear weapons, which we know is never going to happen. A senior NATO official has said Britain and NATO allies need to be ready for war. Admiral Rob Bauer, who is a Dutch admiral and the chair of NATO's uh, military committee, its most senior military committee, which represent, which is uh, attended, I should say, by the chiefs of defence of all NATO member nations. Rob Bauer has issued this warning ahead of a meeting of the committee this week. Now, it's a message both about civilian resilience. He's talking about possible conscription and he's praised countries like Sweden, which have issued warnings to their citizenry already. And it's also a warning about resilience in terms of stockpiles and military materiel. His message is that in order to avoid war, we need to be ready for it. And of course, it comes against this backdrop, both of sort of what feels like record global instability or rather volatility with the conflicts in the Middle East, Israel fighting Hamas in Gaza, Iran and Pakistan trading missiles, America and the United Kingdom bombing Yemen as the Houthi rebels attack ships in the Red Sea, and Iran also bombing Syria and Iraq, Israel also attacking uh, Lebanon, just to name but a few uh, of the conflicts at the moment. NATO, meanwhile, about to embark on its largest ever, one of its largest ever exercises involving uh, tens of thousands of troops across NATO members in what is essentially a massive preparation for responding to a potential Russian attack. Now, Russia remains bogged down in Ukraine, its forces tied down in a largely frozen, bloody and bitter conflict. But nonetheless, concern from NATO, a warning from Admiral Rob Bauer, chair of the military committee, that Britain and allies must prepare. Oh boy, the news that's coming out today. People call me the fear monger, right? Because we have, you know, channels out there that's like, oh, these guys are fear mongers, guys, World War III ain't coming. Now we got Iran, Pakistan, Iraq, and Syria, both of the countries, Iran and Pakistan, on high alert. We have Germany and the Dutch putting out statements day by day uh, from each other saying that Russia is going to attack NATO in 2024, February 2024, at the earliest or at the latest um, winter of 2025. We have the United States showing Pakistan support for the Iranian attack, but China also as well, as alliances are breaking everywhere. We don't even gotta talk about North Korea and South Korea, cause that's already been crazy. North Korea just did their first hypersonic test. The United States, Japan, and South Korea are holding drills near North Korea at the moment, which is a show forcing North Korea to pretty much calm down or this is what you're gonna have to face. We have Argentina switching sides with Ecuador in chaos. We have uh, Sudan still going at it. We have Azerbaijan and Armenia kind of calming down, but you know, with everything being 
chaotic across the world. Countries are exploring their options to cause chaos. This is gonna lead to the breaking of alliances, just like I warned two years ago, that alliances we're gonna start breaking apart. Everybody's breaking apart over the Israel and Gaza situation. Some countries are breaking apart over the Ukraine and Russia situation. But the crazy part is, no one's really wrong. The world's collapsing, there is chaos everywhere, and countries are, you know, reevaluating a global reset or new world order, if you wanna call it that. For that, we need a shift in power, AKA World War Three. It's been here, my friends. We were just in the beginning stages. Now it's starting to show itself. Anyways, I got a live coming next. See you guys there. North Korea has threatened to detonate a hydrogen bomb over the Pacific. President Putin has ordered Russia's strategic nuclear forces to be placed... Every year, there's a meeting to assess the risk of global catastrophe and set the doomsday clock. It's a metaphor of how close we are to nuclear Armageddon, a scary thought but the scientists hope it will alert the public and pressure leaders to make the world a safer place. In 2023, the hands were set at 90 seconds to midnight, the closest they've ever been, in large part because of Russia's war in Ukraine. In Chicago, we've had exclusive access to the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, meeting to discuss where to set the clock for this year. This is a very dangerous time. We have moved from a period where nuclear weapons were considered unusable. We're seeming to move into a period of time where we're not so sure every major country, UK included, is investing in their nuclear arsenal. But nevertheless, no nuclear weapon has been used for 70, 80 years. People would say, isn't this scaremongering? There's no way we're moving towards that again. People would be wrong to say there's no way we're moving towards that again. Here in Scotland, the UK's nuclear deterrent is on constant alert. The warheads are placed on top of Trident ballistic missiles, housed inside one of four Vanguard submarines. Somewhere out there. Somewhere out there. There's a heck of a lot at stake. Yes, um, the whole point of the nuclear deterrent is that it's never actually fired. People say, oh, you know, it's a weapon system that would never be used. It's been used at the moment. As we speak at the moment, there is a nuclear deterrent out there. The Vladimir Putins of this world know that it's out there and they know that it's credible and that we could use it if needs be. In 2021, the UK government announced that it's increasing the cap on the number of its warheads. Recent suggestions US nuclear bombs may once again be based in Britain has provoked disarmament protests. Next week, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists will reveal where the hands of the doomsday clock will be set for 2024. The US military attacked targets in Yemen again. More strikes in retaliation for attacks by militants known as the Houthis on commercial and military ships in the Red Sea. The Houthis say they are attacking the ships to support Gaza by blocking supplies from reaching Israel. The Biden administration on Wednesday formally redesignated the Houthis as a terrorist organization. They've been added to the list under President Trump, taken off, and are now back on. The designation taking effect in a month. But it's not just the Houthis and the Red Sea. War is spreading across the Middle East, with the U.S. at the center of it. The United States is now in an increasingly open and expanding conflict with what is known as the Axis of Resistance, a network of militant groups in six countries and territories. All are backed by Iran, but they operate with a degree of autonomy. The war escalated when Hamas attacked Israel in October 
and Israel responded with devastating force, backed by the United States politically and with weapons. Collectively, the Iranian-led axis is formidable. Hezbollah in Lebanon is arguably the most powerful non-state military in the world, with tens of thousands of rockets and battle-tested fighters. Hamas has effective militants too, and the notoriety of the Palestinian cause. Iranian-backed militias in Syria and Iraq are close to oil fields and American military bases, which they've been attacking and been attacked from consistently since October. And in Yemen, the Houthis, they call themselves Ansarullah, have the advantage of location right on the Red Sea. I spoke to one of the group's top leaders. The Biden administration has designated your group, the Houthis, as a terrorist organization. What is your reaction to that? We would say to Biden, this label should be given to Netanyahu, he says. Is there now a regional war underway between the United States and Iranian-backed groups, including your own? Yes, as we said, America announced the war against us, he says. The Korean Peninsula staring down the barrel of a catastrophic conflict. That warning from one of America's leading nuclear scientists, one of two longtime North Korea observers, who say Kim Jong-un is sending signals in state media. He may be prepared to take advantage of global chaos to exploit what he sees as weakness and vulnerability between the U.S. and close allies South Korea and Japan. They're talking about war. They're talking about war preparations for their country. And so we're quite uh, concerned. For years, former Los Alamos director Siegfried Hecker had unparalleled access to North Korea's highly secretive nuclear program seeing more than almost any American. What he's seeing now, he says, reminiscent of the lead-up to the catastrophic Korean War more than 70 years ago. A chilling shift in leader Kim Jong-un's strategy, far more than the usual saber rattling. I think this time it's different. He may have decided uh, that it is time uh, to actually take some actions. For the past 30 years, North Korea's goal was normalizing ties with the U.S. Hecker says that ended in 2019, when summit talks in Hanoi, Vietnam collapsed. Former President Donald Trump and Kim walked out, humiliating and infuriating the North Korean leader, riding his armored private train back to Pyongyang, empty-handed perhaps giving up on U.S. diplomacy, making a strategic turn towards conflict. Kim's confidence may be bolstered, he says, by closer ties with China and a deepening military alliance with Russia. North Korea's Foreign Minister Chae Son-hee visiting Moscow just this week, also labeling South Korea a hostile country. This is a political provocation. And not just political. North Korea testing a new hypersonic missile, potentially nuclear capable, adding to Kim's growing arsenal. On January 8th, Sweden's top defense official had an ominous warning. He said there could be war in Sweden. Carlos Gobolin's statement left the audience stunned. A new warning came just days later. It was from Sweden's military chief, a man named Mikkel Biden. He says all Swedes must be mentally prepared for it. 
In 2022, war came to the borders of Europe. Russia invaded Ukraine. 695 days later, the conflict brews on. It left the Nordic nations spooked. Given their close proximity to Russia, so they opted to join the military alliance NATO. Finland became a member last year. Sweden could this year, and it hoped that would be enough. After all, Sweden hasn't been militarily aligned for the last 200 years, so it was a tough choice, but a necessary one for the country. But its NATO bid is stuck. It hasn't been approved yet. Sweden needs a green light both from Turkey and Hungary, so it could take some time. But the warning from the defense officials has left the country spooked. There's panic buying and frightened children, and a fierce debate over fearmongering. Helplines in the country are overwhelmed. They have children calling and asking the same question: Will we be going to war soon? Searches for bomb shelters are up by 3,500 percent. Citizens are also downloading this booklet. It's called "If Crisis or War Comes." It was issued during World War II. It was reissued when Russia invaded Crimea, and now citizens suddenly want it. Downloads are up by 900 percent. The country is also restarting its compulsory civic duty. It's a form of national service. It was abandoned after the Cold War, but now it's back. Citizens will be trained in emergency services and electricity provision. Plus, the military has changed. Not everyone is required to join the army, but a small proportion of the population will be called every year, around 100,000 of them. Does that mean Sweden is really going to war? Well, since the Ukraine war, the situation has been tense. The NATO bid made it even more volatile. Last year, Sweden arrested several people. They were accused of spying for Russia. The country has also witnessed a surge in cyber attacks and GPS jamming incidents over the Baltic Sea. Moscow has also carried out a military exercise in the area. For a country that has not gone to war since the Napoleon era, all of these are worrying signs. See, fam, I want y'all to realize something. Other nations in Africa know that they had did wrong when they. Hinder us up and sold us to the Arab, and the Arab sold us to the Caucasian man, sold our forefathers. And some of these brothers are being remorseful because they already know what their end game is, and they just want the Most High to have mercy on them. And the ones that's why I say clowns out here talking about it wasn't no slave ships, it wasn't no people on slaves. The people that came over here, this is Israel right here, and all this. Now, if you got other people from Africa saying the things that they saying, apologizing for their part in our captivity, what, what what type of mindset is they talking about? Because if they recognize the wrong that they did in Africa, how in the heck that somebody don't know their heritage? Don't know their identity. They don't know where they come from, and all this other stuff got more knowledge than the people that knew the wrong that they did, and now they trying to they trying to mend it in a better way. Let's analyze. At this point, particularly 
to apologize deeply on behalf of the chiefs and people of Gold Coast and Ghana for the atrocities, the cruelty, the inhuman treatment that were committed 400 years ago by my ancestors during the Atlantic slave trade. Where over 400 years ago, millions of our brothers and sisters were captured, sold, and transported under inhumane and cruel circumstances through Elmina Castle across to the Caribbeans and to the New World. On behalf of the chiefs and people of Ghana, I do render unqualified apology deep from the bottom of our hearts, deep from our bottom of our hearts. But one thing that I want you to be aware of, it was not without resistance. Some of our chiefs did fought and resisted. Some of our people did fought and resisted. But we are fighting a losing battle against a stronger army. People with guns, and we had no guns. They deceived us with liquor and all other temptations. See, now you hear one of the older elder leaders saying how they got deceived by liquor and all this other stuff to go and get us and put us in captivity. So now I'm asking all these clients that said it was never a slave ship. Nobody never went into captivity. The people that's over here is not the people of the book. Because this is all Bible prophecy, y'all. The Bible says that we will come to a new land and we will be sold to our enemies. And I'm trying to figure out if y'all getting this or this is not for y'all. Because the Most High is putting out dots out here and trails of dots to get y'all to know where y'all at, where you come from, and how you get to where you at now. We don't want that. All we want to do is, all we want to do is James 4 and 4. Love the world. Hate the most high. And I see so much of y'all loving the world. And and if they had the same energy as they be pushing these football teams, stacking up for these football teams, the Steelers, the Broncos, the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the England, New England, and all these other Tampa Bay, Miami, you know, all these, all these little football teams, everybody rapping. Oh, this is my team, and they go hard and everything. What, where is that energy at with the most high? Where is that energy? 
James 4 and 4. You love the world and you hate the most high. That's it. I go rep for these teams that the Caucasian man had put up in a deceivable way and a in a racist way that I'm gonna go hard and cheer for these teams and cheer for this this worshiping this. That's all y'all doing is worshiping it. Worshiping this NFL, worshiping this NBA, and all these other sports that y'all worshiping and and giving y'all uh, uh, giving y'all um loyalty to. I'm so much uh, uh, a Celtics fan that I don't care. I'm so much a Laker fan, I don't care. I'm so much of a Hawk fan, I don't care. Okay. Okay. We gonna see where all that energy at when the most high come. So you keep the same energy. Y'all keep the same energy on that NFL the NBA, the baseball, track, hockey, and all that other one. Y'all keep that same energy on them, on them uh, modern day man God. Keep that energy now. Because that energy that you have for them is a lesser energy than you have for the most high. And then we got clowns out here talking about slavery. Wasn't no such thing as slavery. You already heard how many people he said almost came over here on cargo slave ship. But we don't want to get the mind of that. You got stupid clowns out here talking silly. And then y'all go and run with them and repeat what these clowns saying. And don't do your own investigation. And this is why... I so salute General Kathunga Bar for having the strength that he had. Because you gotta have strength to break through these demonic forces that want you to hate your brothers, hate your sister, separate your tribe, separate Christ's nation. This nation belongs to Christ. Right. You gotta fight to bring this nation together and to make it one. And every force in hell is gonna seek to break you. And here's what brothers gotta figure out. You gotta figure out that there is a way for both of us to eat. And here's the way for both of us to eat. You ain't gonna like it, TikTok, but I'm gonna say it. The way for both of us to eat is to look at who is really starving us. Real quick video, y'all. Listen. One of NATO's top, top dogs, baby. Top generals. Admiral Bauer, whoever he is. Just then did a new briefing and he done warned everybody, including the American people, that everybody needs to prepare for war. And how did he warn us to say that? He said that everybody needs to be able to survive quote the first 36 hours of conflict conflict mean nuclear war conflict mean war conflict mean blackouts cyber attacks whatever is about to go down is going to be catastrophic y'all and i know everybody like well you know what how we gonna survive if it's a nuclear war head let out let me tell y'all something 
even if a nuclear warhead is not let off right away, we have been telling y'all this numerous amounts of times. Do not be naive like the generation that was in Noah. That Noah tried to warn that the flood was coming, but they felt like, oh, God is so far off. Ain't nothing finna happen. Ain't no God coming. Noah, you just the old drunk old man. That's how they felt. Or like Sodom and Gomorrah. Listen to me. The general warned that citizens should have batteries and battery powered radios and um, tons of water. But what the thing with that is, he can only say as much as they allow him to say. He cannot go into grave detail about this because it would be pandemonium and people would panic. But y'all should panic. It's time to prepare. Take some of that budget that you got, your next paycheck, and prepare to be able to be put on a mass lockdown that is imminently about to happen. In a form, whether it be a catastrophe, another pandemic, which I kind of already warned y'all that we was leaning in the direction of. Y'all, we on our way to war. We are already here. And I know nobody want to believe this. Like, I'm, I'm living my life right now. It's, it's you know, everything's looking good in my career. I'm about to have a new baby. You know, Listen. All of these things was promised to happen even in the last days. Jesus said, woe unto nursing mothers. Woe unto nursing mothers in those days. Because the things that is going about to come upon this world is going to be catastrophic. You guys prepare. Better things and essentials that you need. Stock up on medicine. If you take pharmaceuticals or you take medicines over the counter for um, anything that you may take them for. Stock up on extra supply of those. Get as much water as possible that you would need if you got to stay in for the next. You know, we don't know what could happen. We don't know. These people could target our uh, sewer system. They can target anything. We When it's wartime, it's wartime. There is no strategic measures of what is exempt in wartime. We don't know how these other countries are about to come at us. But why be naive? We were supposed to be supposedly the greatest nation on earth according to the book of God. But we turned our back on him and this is why we're where we at right now. But I won't go up into all of that, but I will tell you guys to prepare. Buy the things that you need. Stock up on non-perishables because if you locked in your house and we've already experienced mass lockdowns during COVID. So what do it hurt to have the things that you need when you need them? What do it hurt to have those things? So I will tell you guys to prepare on everything that you need. That um, get get the things that you need. Like right now, like seriously, we already looking at famine. Um, yeah, I know you feel like oh, I get, you know, for those of you who get extra assistance or whatever it is, if we have a blackout, nothing that you have will work. Your debit cards, your credit cards, your bank accounts, you won't be able to get in. Your link cards, whatever cards you have will not work. Imagine having all the money that you need and not being able to use it because there's nothing in the stores for you to buy. 
it doesn't hurt to pick up these extra items but time is of the essence because it's wartime you guys whether you want to hear it or not this is not fear mongering this is what is about to take place imminently Knowledge is power, and I would hate for anyone to be stuck in their houses or even prepare to go back. You may not be stuck in your house. You may have to leave your house because in the form of a blackout, people are going to be looting, robbing, stealing, killing, doing everything. You may have to go and go with your neighbors or your friends or your family, and y'all might have to bond together to get through this. But what is about to take place, I'm going to need you to get ready for. Everybody, get ready. Get ready. Buy the things that you need. Get some extra things you need. Get you some batteries. Get you some candles. Get you some water. Get you some non-perishables that you want to eat. Get ready by all means. Put Get you some gas, man. Listen, things that sound like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to hear about all of that right now. I'm just worried. Get ready. Do not be naive like they was in the flood. Do not be naive to think that we are not in these days that we are in, you guys. Prepare your households. Anoint your thresholds with oil. Plead the blood of Jesus over your households and your children before you send them out the door. Put form a plan. Put a plan together for your family so that you guys will know what to meet in a form of an emergency. Know who houses you're going to. How you're going to get there if you're not able to pick up the kids from school or you're not, you're, you're, your spouse is not able to get from work. We don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea, but I will tell you what is about to happen is happening imminent. And we will see this in our lifetime. Get ready. You were warned not just by me, by the creator himself. The spirit has been warning you guys every video that you come across is to prepare you for what is to happen. Don't let none be no distraction to you. All these things is going on right now. That's it. And get ready because it's worth it. Some of y'all can help me with my thoughts. Give me your opinion, what you think about it, how you feel. All you got to do is just come on in and holler at me and let me know. So, you know, I got a lot of information I like to know. I'm not here to start nothing. I'm not here to begin nothing. And I ain't even here for no drama. I'm just here to learn. Just here to learn. And just here to learn. But I want to thank all y'all for coming in. Y'all take care and have a blessed day. And peace. I think I know what's been going on. Driven by voices inside of my head. I want to do right, but they show me wrong. I guess I should listen to my heart instead. I'd like forgiveness, but I'm old enough 
I don't mess with her, you know, because I was messing with so-and-so. No, he was hitting my little bitch on the side. Yeah. Wait, hold on, dog. You got a you, you got a woman. You got a woman. Wait, and, so y'all was sharing it. Both sharing a pop side off. bitch. Uh, a fucking pop and drop. And you fell in love with a it? A bitch you... that you supposed to pop and then let Uber drop her the fuck off. You over here calling us. You don't fuck with it about a pop and drop. If you hear these bleed outs, dudes be bleeding out for these women. And, so, and the funny thing about it, I don't even knock the women because some of them is married to the game. They married to what they they, they married to right. what they gonna get from. They married to going to get some gifts. They married to going on some trips, getting a little bit of dick. You know what I mean? And stepping off. That's what they married to, getting a little and a little bit of chips and stepping off. But like the power of that P, some of the greatest music will ever be done. If the Greeks and the Romans really followed Egyptian and Babylonian worship, then what does Christianity today follow? You want to understand why the Israelite School of UBK is so adamantly hard against Christianity. It's because it is the antithesis of ancient Babylonian religion. It's like this ideology and religion from back then, thousands of years ago, keeps being reborn by the nations on the earth. They keep going into it and pulling it back up. And here we are today, you looking at it like you worshiping Jesus in church. You think you worship in Jesus, you following the practices of Jesus when you are not. What you are following is a bastardized of uh, religion that was created from the same Babylonian religion, the same customs, the same way of life, the same belief. This should be a national coming out day. I teach fourth grade, and I think that fourth grade is the perfect age for children to really start exploring their sexual orientation and gender identities. So an activity I did in my class today was I had children go into the closet, literally. I have a closet in my classroom, and I would have the kids one at a time go into the, into the closet, and then they would come out and share with the class what their sexual orientation is. So of course we would celebrate and I would give the kids that identify as 2SLGBTQIA+, a cupcake, a rainbow cupcake. It's the kids that came out and said they were straight. I didn't give them anything because they're just contributing to a heteronormative society. Every day you come on this app, I want you all to remember the beauty of having the opportunity to be able to homeschool your kids. Because this, this is wild. Saying that children in the fourth grade level are at the perfect age to be exploring their sexual orientation? No, they're not. I assume parents send their kids to go to school to get an education, not to explore their sexual orientation. I really hope that there are disciplinary actions for this teacher because you don't go corrupting people's kids because of your personal values, your personal preferences. You don't go creating a reward system for kids who choose to identify as LGB whatever and then leave the other kids who choose to identify as straight out because you think they're contributing to a heteronormative society when what? That's what they choose to be. That's what their parents taught them. That's what they want to be. You don't discipline them for that. You don't try to guilt trip them into saying they're something they're not for a cupcake. Like, how are you literally going to shame a kid in that way because they choose not to identify how you want them to identify as? This is sickness. This is madness. This is America. If you have the opportunity to homeschool your kids, homeschool them kids because these school systems are getting wild. Seven years from being a young girl. She was with the same man. Then her husband died. And after he died, she served God and nothing else. Think about that when you go to your prophetess in your church. How many husbands has Juanita Bynum had? Now she's single, working on a fresh new victim, and he's going to be her ex. 
That's all you're ever going to meet. A dumb bitch is only going to meet future exes. That's it. You're meeting your future ex. When you're dating, you're meeting your future ex. When you're talking to them and Instagramming them and sending them nasty pictures, you're talking to your future ex. That's what your preachers are doing, right? This woman here, after her husband died, she devoted herself to her people, to the service of God and nothing else. This is a real prophetess. This is the real one. Seven. Well, you know, it's crazy. We celebrate holidays. And, and, you know what I just found out this recently? There's so many holidays we celebrate here in this country that have nothing to do with the Bible at all. Real famous holidays like Christmas. Christmas has nothing. It's not in the Bible. The birth of Jesus is in the Bible, but not Christmas. The trees are in the Bible, you know, gifts. That's not in It's nowhere. It says celebrate my birthday, says Jesus. It's just we, it's a pagan holiday that the Romans invented that we just do. But everywhere you go, I'm telling, I've seen it so many times. You see a big nativity scene, and there's baby Jesus, the manger, sheep, shepherd, wise men, Mary Joseph, Santa Claus right in the middle. Like, who's that? Mary's Lamaze coach? Santa Claus has nothing to do with anything. And neither does the Easter Bunny. Easter is another pagan holiday that's on the Bible. Every, every Easter, you don't hear anything about Jesus on the cross. All you hear is about the Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny this, Easter Bunny that. Why is the Christian religion? My fellow Americans, I just got information from one of my sources that says there are about 10,000 Russian soldiers and Chinese soldiers, Egyptian soldiers, Sudanese soldiers, right in Mexico at the borders. Total maybe a hundred thousand in all. We under siege. We are under siege by the United Nations. Everybody get prepared. We under siege. I want y'all to take something very serious. I ask that y'all share this immediately. Widespread it, stitch it, do it, everything. Something caught my ear that was very alarming. The Chicago mayor, who I don't like him anyway, he said when they arrive, the migrants arrive here, they're already sick. What you talking about, Willis? So they're bringing sickness and illness widespread amongst the people to make the non-sick sick so that they can throw them in the camps and then replace the sick with the migrants? How do you give your resources to the non-citizens that are coming in sick when the people who are healthy and are the citizens get nothing? Ladies and gentlemen, they may be bringing in intentionally sick people would have diseases we, they may have vaccinated them already and they may be ready to spawn we don't know 
But one thing for sure is when that Chicago mayor said that they were coming in sick, my feelers went up. So I know something is up. And I don't even think he was supposed to say that. I don't think that he was supposed to let the people know that the migrants is sick. So now the people know, stay away from the migrants. It's the migrants that's sick. And they finna help make everybody else sick. You have now police organizations telling people to arm themselves. You have uh, sheriff departments in countries telling them to arm themselves, get food, get supplies, get batteries. And uh, in Sweden they're telling all of their people, oh in the event uh, we have uh, attacks from uh, Russia, uh, you, you should get some weapons, you should get some food, you should get some batteries. Everybody's talking like they're Aulia because <laughs> uh, 25 years ago this wasn't popular. Uh, when the dunya starts to echo the same message as spiritual teachers, you got a problem. I mean some, something is matching now in the, in the actual physical dimension. So these are the tariqah teachings, prepare yourselves, have food, have uh, supplies, have all of that but make sure you're good with your shaykh. Because all of that could run out really fast and you won't have access to anything else. Your faith will be tested and that's based on your connection, how much you believed, how much uh, your actions were correct and good, then the fires will begin to reach to you. That's why they released these books. This may be the last book that comes. We warned about no internet and no power. Now they actually talk about it. Oh, you know there's a… no I think it was the, the World Something Something group said that, oh there will be a time where the power will go off, internet will go off for at least uh, four months, maybe ten years. I mean, you something happens. They said maybe electric, electronic, electromagnetic pulse will hit and the power will go off. The next week NASA announced there are solar flares heading towards the earth that could shower upon and make a, a pulse bomb in the atmosphere that will take away electricity and definitely the internet. So it means that what you need you should have, knowledges you should have them. If your life is about just access to the phone to read something you won't have that. You should have your supplies, you should have all the things that are necessary. So that's why the shaykhs teach what they teach, you should have good manners. This is a dangerous uh, rajab. Because the signal coming in very strong about munafiqeen that uh, they say they're with you but they're really not with you but it doesn't matter because uh, when the, the thing hits the fan then you'll know who you're with based on your character. And if your character was bad nothing you do will work. As alaikum Sayyidi Walaykum as -salam. Can you please guide us? How do we make our children to become a nook when they are so much into their social media and Netflix all day? Yeah, they're very difficult. <laughs> we pray for you. <laughs> that's, the, that's the reason that shaitan is doing that, right? So the shaitan is doing that so that to train them to become one. So now they're going after the two, three-year-olds so that to eventually take them from the homes of people. And the purpose of making them to think they're something else and someone else. But there's an immense fight in the last days to just keep the 
the qibla of your family in the right direction. But it requires the primary elements to understand the one and the nukht. If there's two ones in the house, the kids will definitely turn out to be a one. Uh, Edith, you have the last question. Thank you very much. Mr. Ambassador, um, the United States has made clear both here at the United Nations and in Washington that they do not support any kind of a ceasefire resolution at this time. If the ministerial delegation that is there today does not succeed in changing the mind of the Biden administration, would you still put this resolution to a vote on Friday morning? I cannot speak on behalf of the ministers who are, as we are speaking, engaging the different components of the U.S. administration and the United States government, being it Congress and administration. The ministers, you know, are engaging in that, uh, you know, uh, discussions. I am not aware of the details of that discussion, but obviously we have the authorization from our ministers, from our summit in Riyadh at the level of the heads of states and governments, we are calling for a ceasefire. The Secretary General is calling for a ceasefire. All UN agencies are calling for a ceasefire. Borel is calling for a ceasefire. The European Union is doing the same. President Macron is calling for that, not to mention Russia and Turkey. Mr. President, one day the massacres will stop. But how will we get over it? How will we get over the mass graves? The inability to bury our loved ones, to offer them a dignified burial, seeing them in plastic bags. How will we get over 1,000 Palestinian children amputated without anesthesia? Can you hear their screams? Can you feel their pain? Can you imagine if they were your own children? How can we get over 8,000 Palestinians under the rubble? Those who were blessed to die quickly and those who endured a terrible and terrifying death, a slow death under the rubble while we were unable to save them. How do you get over a genocide? We will be asked, nevertheless, despite all that we are enduring and all that we have endured for 75 years, to move on, to count our dead one more time, to count our wounded, our permanently disabled, the people scarred for life, the millions of victims, and move on. We will be asked to be peaceful. We will be asked to be grateful that this horrible chapter among so many other chapters, even though this one is the worst one we have gone through, is over until the next one begins. Meantime, shocking calls from a former Israeli official. The United Nations Relief and Works Agency must be destroyed. She suggested the organization has ideas that are the source of terrorism. Just for, just for a second, have a listen to this. Our challenge in this war is to destroy the threat and not to deter it. We know how to eliminate terrorists, but it is more difficult for us with an idea. The United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees is the source of an idea. The idea produces more and more terrorists in different means. And it will be impossible to win the war if we don't destroy the UNRWA. And this destruction has to start immediately.
Yeah, a short time ago, I was uh, talking with political analyst uh, Dr. Saad Simur, who says that while Israel created the UNRWA in the first place, it's now apparently having second thoughts. Now, that was a non-pigmentation woman or a non-melanated woman that was talking about that. Now, here go, you know, we got to watch the crafty council of how people be talking and the slick talking and trying to justify this and justify that. We got to watch that, fam. Because when people sitting up there and the world is looking at them, you know, they got some slick stuff they got to say out their lip to make sure, you know, my mother always say, a hit dog will always holler. There is no army in the world that acts in a more moral fashion than the army of Israel. I just, I just went uh, to Gaza and uh, there was two little children who play uh, football. So what did I do? I took my weapons and I shot them in the head. Don't look for them and your mother, motherfucker. There is no army in the world that acts in a more moral fashion than the army of Israel. Now this is a Palestine man got his loved one, his daughter or little son covered up because he's dead by what's going on. And this is what happening. They sitting up here going, they sitting up here going to a, a, a courtroom trying to get justice from the devil. Now, if the courtroom is set up with non-pigmentation man, a non-pigmentation woman, a non-melanated man, and a non-melanated woman, if it's only set up for that, what kind of mindset of justice you gonna get? If it ain't, it ain't if it ain't no kind of other people of melanation in that in, in that chair. And plus it was made for Israel anyway. So they going up in here and all these children dying. Being being slaughtered. I should know. You know, my forefathers went through this. This is what my history is about, but even worse. Y'all ain't even heard the stories that we've been through. What they done to us. Y'all ain't even, and continue. But I already know, the Bible said they have a perpetual hate against us. So therefore, I already know why they do what they do. But when somebody's sitting up here, letting the whole world know who you dealing with, What is this? What is this blessing? By the sword, you will you 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 will govern by the sword. So if somebody blessing is governed by the sword, meaning the modern day gun, the modern day tanks, the modern day airplane, the missiles, the the bombs, and all that. 
Him, it ain't no use. Ain't, ain't no use to talking to him. They can't rationalize. The Bible says they can't never have enough. And this is what you see what what Israel doing the Palestine trial. He said from the Red Sea. Benjamin said that to the Red Sea. Israel to the Red Sea. And the Bible said he said he can't have enough. Now, the Bible already described and tell you and whatever. Most of y'all don't even read, understand, and get locked in in it. Because if you was honest with yourself, you know you ain't being locked in in it. I know the Bible. I know the Bible. I know what the Lord say. I hear a lot of people say that, yo. Then we start talking about some. Oh, you don't know what you think you know then. Okay. Can I interview you? I'm, I'm Palestinian asking people why they support Palestine. Because I'm a human being. Do you think I'm going to sit back, watch my TV and watch a genocide? No chance. This isn't about religion. So it's not about being Muslim, yeah. being Jewish, whatever. I'm a Christian. Yeah. Right? But I'm a human being. That's, that's all that matters to me. You know, I know people keep saying open air prison. Yes. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And this will never, ever, ever end until they're free. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Lara, tell me, what will justice look like for the people of Gaza, in your view? Well, I think we have to be asking a broader question about what will justice look like for Palestinians, who for over seven decades have been denied the right to self-determination and their most basic human rights continue to be violated day in and day out. Um, I think, you know, while Israel is certainly committing genocide and it's important for the legitimacy of the international institutions like the ICC, um, to uh, investigate and prosecute this crime. We must remember that even if Israeli officials are found guilty of genocide as a result of their actions in Gaza for the last month, this still would not address the over seven decades of injustice and impunity which has prevailed um, as a result of Israel's settler colonial project in Palestine. And that's really the heart of the issue. And I think that's precisely why calls for freedom from the river to the sea are so essential to the Palestinian struggle. What we are saying is that we are a people who live on the land between the river and the sea, and that we are a people whose human rights have been denied for over seven decades. What we are not saying is that we want to deny any other group their human rights, but we are seeking the respect of our own human rights. And that's really what this is all about. Um, that really leads us to the um, point that at its heart, Israel's apartheid regime must be dismantled and that Palestinians need to see the day where they have all their human rights respected. I served in the West Bank and in the special forces unit that I was in for eight months. And I really uh, thought that this thriving Jewish society in the land of Israel was something that I needed to be part of. And I knew that all of that was only possible because Israel had a strong military that had defended it time and time again. Um, that started changing when I was actually sent into the West Bank to mm. protect settlements. And I began to understand that they were slowly expanding, taking over Palestinian land. And did you approve at the time of the expansion or not? I think before I went in, I approved of it. When I saw what it actually meant, and I saw that we were just imposing a military uh, uh, regime over Palestinian civilians, I began to question it. You've written very movingly about your experience and your conversion, if you like, um, when you were after you were in Gaza as an IDF soldier. Just tell us about what it was like to do house-to-house -house combat in Gaza. When I was sent in, 
uh, we were told we have to provide this perimeter for uh, the engineer corps to demolish uh, attack tunnels that mm -hmm. had gone into Israel. And we were told that uh, all the civilians had fled. Uh, it wasn't true. There was a family that we found in the, the second neighborhood we went into, in the, the Al-Bura neighborhood of Bet Hanun. Even though we were going into every house with live fire, they managed to understand that this was an innocent family and they mm. didn't harm them. Uh, they gave them food and gave sure. them water and they guarded them for many days. Um, but I found out this actually later. Uh, when we pulled out, the Air Force just flew over that neighborhood and bombarded it mm. uh, and, and, and they were killed. That family? That family, yeah. All along you were told by your commanders that this was to eliminate the Hamas threat. You and know, how did that work out? Not only did we not eliminate the threat, but actually Hamas got stronger in many ways because of our efforts. What I learned was that my government uh, facilitated the transfer of hundreds of millions of dollars which went to Hamas from Qatar. And also, uh, at the same time, we tried to defund and delegitimize the Palestinian factions and Palestinian organizations mm. that recognize international law, that renounce violence. And, and recognize the state of Israel. And recognize the state of Israel and are willing to negotiate with the state So why of were they doing that, do you think? What has been written and what has been stated openly by even senior members of this current government, including Netanyahu, um, is that they considered uh, Hamas to be an asset. And uh, because their ultimate goal was to not to defeat Hamas, their ultimate goal was to prevent the creation of a Palestinian state. Mm -hmm.
Tequila. I'm always tuned in to Faze. He has the hottest podcast out here. When I'm home chilling the ride, I stay tuned to the Faze podcast. It's the hottest message out there.